Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. on the front row and listening to preachers preach to us and encourage us and inspire us, but I'll be honest with you, I'd much rather be up here preaching to you guys. You know, I love I love being fed, I love being encouraged by God's word, but man, I, I, I'm excited to bring God's word to you guys today. I was sitting in, um, I woke up early this morning and I was ready to go. No alarm clock this morning. How many of y'all know when you when the alarm clock doesn't go off and you're ready to go, that it just feels better. I, when, I, when I wake up and the, when the alarm clock wakes me up, I like, I like wake up like almost a little bit upset at the alarm clock. It's not the alarm clock's fault. I said it, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm like breaking iPhones, throwing them across the room. I'm kidding, that's too far. But, I, but this morning I woke up, I'm like, man, I am so excited about what God is gonna do in the house this morning. Man, there are so many great things that are going on um, in our house and in this church. And I'm so thankful um, if it wasn't for you guys, none of it would be able to happen. So thanks for showing up and being here. Hey, last week we had our sisterhood event. And I think I have a few pictures of the sisterhood event. And uh, we had over, I, I have some, I got some pictures up there. Um, that's not sisterhood. Um, th- that's that's not sisterhood. But I do have some sisterhood pictures. If they figure out which ones they are, then it's gonna look. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Sisterhood, we had over 150 ladies in the house last week worshiping Jesus. And I wanted to give honor to Diana, her, her vision to start sisterhood and her leadership. And thank you so much. Man, she's leading the way for us. Um, I was talking to a young lady last week and she's like, um, I was at, she works at the YMC. She's like, um, I was in the back of the room and I heard your wife say something about some sorority sister group things. And she's like, sororities don't belong in churches. I'm like, well, at this church, they belong. They belong at this church. And so if you're not in a sisterhood group or a sorority group, you ought to, you ought to get in one. Uh, they're awesome. Secondly, last uh, Thursday night, we kicked off our midweek. We had over 60 people in our young adult environment. <laughs> I think we had 15 or so visitors come. That's an environment where we get to share the gospel with a different group of people. And uh, one of the guys brought his, uh, brought his friend. He's like, he needs Jesus. <laughs> That's why I brought him. He's like, he needs Jesus. I'm like, we all need Jesus. If you ever bring a friend to church, by the way, don't walk up to me and go, hey, my friend needs Jesus. Because I'm going to say to you, well, you need Jesus. And I need Jesus. And we all need Jesus. And Jesus doesn't just get us into heaven. Jesus gets us through every day. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm just so thankful that we have Jesus, not just as our Savior, but he's also our sustainer every single week. And then last night we had our, um, we had our dream team night. And I don't know how many people we had at our dream team night, but that's our night where we get to come and we had the Chick-fil-A cow in the building. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just, I'm thankful that we have a church that has connections with the Chick-fil-A cow. Come on. Uh, last night was kind of a unique environment because someone said, hey, do we need to pray for our food? I'm like, it's already saved. Come on, somebody. Like that, that chicken is Christian. <laughs> They're closed on Sunday. That proves it. You know what I'm saying? They get Sabbath at Chick-fil-A. But uh, last night we had a great time, almost 100 of our volunteers. And if you came last night, you got the Mexican ball of Coke. You got the Chick-fil-A gift card. And uh, you got to talk. Adam, uh, who goes to our church on our dream team, he and his wife Libby and their family come to our church. And so glad that they're, they're, on, they're on our team. And Adam was saying, um, he said, you know what? I, we were in the back and we were talking. I go, um, and we asked him this question last night. I got to interview him about Chick-fil-A. But I said, you know, what's something that you see at Chick-fil-A that you wish you saw in more churches today? We talked about that a little bit on the stage last night. But in the back last night, Adam said to me, um, he said, you know, when I walked into Chick-fil-A 22 years ago, 
and started employment. The same owner operators are still uh, running the stores that he works for today. He said, I just felt something different. And he said, when I walked into this church, I felt the same kind of different. And, um, and that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the dream team. Like that is, that is our church. Cause I mean, it's 30 minutes. I haven't, it's been 30 minutes. I haven't got, it's not the preaching. Um, cause, cause he, he felt that when he got here, the worship is incredible, but the, but that first impression happens in the parking lot and um, people like Nancy in the parking lot, the best, I don't know. Like there's a, I don't know if there's a comp, <clears throat> apparently they know who Nancy is. I don't know if there's a competition on the best parking lot people, Emily, but apparently Nancy's in the running. And um, we tried to move her somewhere else. And she's like, nah, you, I'm the best you guys got out here. You need me out here. <laughs> and, um, and, and her husband, uh, Gary is a great guy. And I'm in a group with Gary, a men's group. I'm also in a, um, in a, in a couple's group with Gary. And Gary's such an encourager. And that's our dream team. That's our dream thing. That's the people uh, that run this, these environments that make, that make it happen. And so I just want to thank you guys for being the best dream team. Hey, uh, over 150 ladies showed up, 60 people showed up uh, for midweek. Um, that doesn't happen unless you invite people. Like they don't just show up because they through osmosis think that you want them to come to church. People come because you're invited. A young, one of our high school girls walked in this morning. She brought her brother and she brought her mom to church. People will come to church if you invite them, another family that's new to our church, also in my men's group, the guy said, we came because our daughter came to youth group. Adam said to me, we came because our daughter was in the youth group. And so I want to encourage you, moms and dads, you don't want your kids out inviting you. You don't want them to be like, like oh, I came because my, kid, my kids are inviting me. Like, I want to bring people to church. I want to, I want to be bringing people. And so there's an invite card at a seat nearby you. And bring somebody to Easter with you. This series all month long, we're talking about who is Jesus. It's a great, it's a great series uh, to be at. And so we're going to explain who Jesus is and talk about who Jesus is. Like that's not, that's not that offensive. Did you know this, that most people have no problem with Jesus? They have the problem with the people who believe in Jesus. I was talking to a friend of mine, new to our church. And she said, I'm coming. She came last week to Sisterhood. She came on Sunday morning and she's back. That's always tricky when someone comes and likes it for two different environments, and then they show up when I preach. So if she doesn't come back, we know common denominator, you know, it's me. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, you know, I, I, I wanted to come, and she goes, we have visited some churches, and uh, man, it just seems like churches nowadays, they're just, they do this, do this, 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 and she's like, and I say, you know, I think a lot of pastors, they mean well, but when we steer away from Jesus, we get in trouble. When we steer, when we, when we start steering to our opinions, and in our, in our, in our, in our, in our feelings, and we get away from the gospel, get away from God's word. We get into, we get in a bad, we get in bad shape. And so this series is all about who is Jesus. Bring them now. But you got these invite cards. Bring somebody. Don't show up empty-handed to, uh, to Easter. And um, because we believe that if you bring your friends, they'll hear about Jesus and their life will be changed forever. So we're in this series called Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we are in a, um, this is not, I'm in a group, a community group, and one of the things that the pastor kept on saying over and over again is that this series is not informational, it's relational. This sermon series, this talk series, it's not, it's not informational, it's relational, it's, it's relational. And so it's our prayer today is that you like really, 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 really know who Jesus is when you leave this series. A lot of you guys, you know me. You're like, oh, that's, that's my pastor. His name is Wes. He has four kids. He's married to Diana. And you know, you know me. Mo over half of you guys know my address. You know my gate code. I've told you guys my bank account pin code. Like, you guys know a lot about me. <laughs> you don't steal from a pastor. You go straight to hell. So I'm not worried about giving out my four digits. <laughs> that's way too far. Um, I, forgot what it was, I forgot what I wasn't supposed to say. I was off last week. <laughs> but we, uh, we, we, you know me, but like, 
You know Jesus. You, know, you may know about the Trinity. You may know that he's a father. He's a son. He's a spirit. You may know that. You may know that his birthday, we, you know, we celebrate his birthday on December 25th. That's, we, don't really know his, we don't really know his birthday. We don't know when the wise men showed up. We don't know those things. But we know a lot about, we may know a lot about him. You may know that Easter, he died three days later, or he died on the cross for our sins. You may know the whole resurrection account. You may know that. You may know that once that tomb was rolled away, that he rolled that tomb away and over 500 people saw him. You may know all the information, but do you know him relationally? Do you really, really, really know them? Like, you know me, but no one knows me better than Diana. Right beyond that, my family. No one knows me like my dad. He, I mean, he, the guy, if, no, I mean, he put a lot of welts on this bottom. Some of them are still there. I'm here today to say that they were all deserved, Dad. They were all deserved. Was I mad when you said this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you? That was a lie. Yes, that was a lie. I don't tell my kids that because it's a lie. My dad knows me well. My dad could tell if I had six pairs of underwear on when he was spanking me or if I had one. He knew also if I had a whole roll of paper towels padded in there or if I had none. My dad knows me well. Do you really know God relationally? Do you know him like intimately, deeply, because that's what he wants for us. Those songs that we sing, all I want is just to live within your love. Like, do you know him? The Bible says that he is love. Do you know him deeply and intimately? That's what we want to try to figure out. I'm not going to give you a bunch of statistics today on who Jesus is and, and the resurrection account and the historical and the, and, and the scientific. That's information. Do you know him relationally? Jesus asked that question to his disciples. So if Jesus Christ, the Savior of the Lord, asked it to his disciples, it would obviously would be fitting for me today to ask it to you. Does that blow your mind for a moment? Jesus asked his disciples, who is Jesus? They were with him all the time. They, he wasn't asking them, do they know all the information? He was asking, do you really, really know him? Let me prove it to you today. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, the Bible says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, I want to make sure you guys knew I wasn't lying, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? Because that matters. Lady said today, she goes, I really want to come back this week. I've heard a lot about you. I said, I don't know if that's good or bad. <clears throat> I was at downtown uh, with the, uh, my dad was in, my dad's a Rotarian and somehow I became a Rotarian. And I had to work. It wasn't like I just got inducted. I just decided I was going to be a Rotarian. And I was like, you need to go meet the people and you meet the movers and the shakers. Well, our Rotary group, every year for the Bloom and Grow, except for the last two years, we set up the, all the tents that you see down there at 5.45 in the morning. I told him, I was like, hey, tomorrow morning I have to go serve. I got to go serve at Saturday, Saturday morning. I got to go serve and help my Rotarians set up the, the tents. And she goes, oh, that's great for you. <laughs> 5.45. She's like, that's good for you. You, you go do that. I'm like, you guys will be asleep before I get back. I was able to set up, go to DG before they closed down their shop, before they moved five minutes from our house. It's just a blessing. That's part of the favor that I have in my life from God. And, and so I was able to get donuts and get there before anyone was out of bed, except for Judah, because I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> he's an insomniac, you know, he's just wide awake. He's like, hey, how long are you? I was like, I'm walking out, it's 545. He's like, see you, bro. <laughs> I'm like, why are you awake? You know, and Jesus asked the disciples, who are you? What, what do you, like, what do you really what are you really about? Some people say that. So he says, who do you people say, who do, you say who, do, who do people say that I am? And then he goes, okay, guys, they answered. And, and then they, they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But then he says this, hey, guys, I got a question for you. 
who do you guys say that I am? Like, who do, like, who do you, like, I know what every, like, they got the wrong answers. I'm not Elijah. I'm a greater Elijah. I'm not the prophet. I'm greater than the prophet. I'm the son, the savior of the world. But he says, guys, who do you really say, who do you guys really say that I am? And I think Jesus is telling you and I today, we have to have an answer for that question. Uh, he's, he's, he gets me into heaven. That, that's good. But like, until you get there, who do you say that Jesus is? I think next week I'm talking about trauma and triumph. There's a tension between trauma and there's a tension between triumph. Like, who do you say Jesus is when you're in the trauma? And who do you say Jesus is when you're in the triumph on the mountains and in the valleys? And who do you say Jesus is right in the middle? That's what Jesus is asking the guys. Hey, guys, who do you really say that I am? I know you trust me. I know you believe that you're, I'm going to get you in heaven. But like, who do you really say that I am? We're going to look at Jesus as a young child today. Luke chapter 2, verse 41, the Bible says this. <clears throat> Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the, for, the, for the Passover feast, the celebration that they would go to every year. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual, no big deal. So every year, Jesus, as a baby, one-year-old, two-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old, nine-year-old, 12-year-old. You know, in Luke chapter 2, by the way, we see Jesus' birth, and then we see, him get, um, we see him go to the temple, and his parents dedicate him to the Lord. And then we see him as a, as a 12-year-old, all in one chapter, Luke chapter 2. From his birth to 12. So every year, all he's done, up until this point, all we see is every year that he would go to this Passover feast and he was learning the scripture and learning, and learning more about his father. Because he was fully Jesus, he was fully man. So when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival just as usual. After the celebration was over, they started to go home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And here's the, here's the problem, here's some tension today. His parents didn't miss him at first. Come on, moms and dads, you with me? Anybody? <laughs> Last night, we had the dream team night. One of our kids wasn't feeling well. He was sitting in the, um, in the mommy me room um, over here. And, um, and I said, I went to him, I said, hey, bro, if it gets quiet out there, like, we're, we're, we're leaving. Like, you got, like, the chances of me, for, I'm telling him, like, I know you're, like, dying here, but, like, the chances of me forgetting you are, are 100%. <laughs> like, so, like, if it gets quiet and you sense, like, you need to make, like, crawl. He wasn't feeling well. Yeah, headache. Like, I was like, you need an army crawl. Like, like, throw a flag up. You're like, what kind of parent are you? A normal one, a normal one. You got four kids. You just, you, you, you may or may not forget one or two. And I remember days where my, we would be, we spent our Saturdays at the baseball park. That's where we were all day Saturday, all six of us. My mom and dad would take us to the ballpark and my dad coached my little brother and, and I'd be there at those games and I'd have my own games and my sister played softball and another, like there's six of us. I don't even know how many of us all played, but we were all there. And there was times where, I'd be in the car, I'm like, Mom, we forgot. We left somebody. She's like, which one? She's like, Lathan. She's like, it was fine, let him stay, you know. <laughs> That's why he is the way he is today, you know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, he's running sound today. You shouldn't say that when the sound guy is running the sound. But verse 44 says this. His parents didn't miss him. Verse 44, because they assumed he was among the other travelers, but when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and their friends. Like, we thought he was back there with the rest of the family, just walking and talking, because Jesus was always talking. Jesus did two things. I've been saying this from the very beginning of our church. Jesus talked about God, and he helped people. So they just assumed he was doing what he's been doing the rest of his, his whole entire life. He'd been monitored, monitoring his, his mom and his dad. And by the way, we look at Jesus, and we're like, wow, what an incredible man of God. He had a mom and a dad who modeled it for him. They modeled this for him. While he was 100% God and 100% man, the Bible says that his mom and dad showed him what it looked like. That we are called, moms and dads, we're called to model what Jesus looked like to our kids. 
So verse 44 says, they assumed that he was with the people. Verse 45, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. They went all the way back. Smart. Like if you lose Jesus, you want to find him ASAP. And I'm sure Jesus, I'm sure Mary and Joseph, it would have been nice if they had that uh, find my friend like on the phone or like to track my kid, you know, like it would probably, that would have been awesome because Jesus, I'm sure, was all over the place helping, loving, and serving people, and they lose Jesus. Verse 44, it says, when they couldn't find him, they went back. Verse 46, three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple. Last week or two weeks ago when I preached you guys, there's, a, there's some semblance there that whenever you see a number in the scripture, you got to look at it a little bit closely. The Bible says that they lost him for three days. Come on, somebody. The Bible says he went on the cross. He was in that tomb for three days. There's just, I think, I think Jesus is so, God is so intentional. God is so intentional. He's like, hey, I want to get you, Mom, Jesus, Mary, I want to let you know like he was gone for three days. But there's going to be another time when he's gone for three days. I think Jesus is pointing all throughout scripture. Jesus is pointing us to Jesus in the resurrection from Genesis all the way to, to the very end of Revelations. The Bible says they finally discovered him. He was in the temple. No duh, as we used to say back in the day. No duh. He was in church. I remember the first time I ever said no duh to my parents. It was also the last time I ever said no duh to my parents. <clears throat> Why can't my kids be more like me, you know? <clears throat> we were afraid of our parents. This is a different generation. Nowadays, the parents are afraid of the kids. <laughs> You're like, oh, not me. I've seen you with your kids. <laughs> uh, verse 46. That was too far, but my dad's laughing, so I'm going to keep on just going to go back to reading it. <laughs> All who heard him... <clears throat> We're amazed at his understanding and his answers. They, they, were, they were sitting there listening to him. They were amazed at his understanding and his answer. This young little 12-year-old boy, they're like, wow, this guy, he knows a lot. He's just there. And he's just got his Bible, but he's just like sharing truth. Except for he didn't need the Bible. He was just like, it was like in his heart. I don't know about you guys, but I want to get to the point in my life where Jesus' word is just in my heart. He sits in his heart and he's just sharing truth with them. And, explaining them things to him. He's like, all right, guys, I, I know that you've heard this, but this is like, they're asking him questions and they're like amazed by his understanding of the scriptures. Verse 48, his parents did not know what to think. I wouldn't either. Son, his mother said to, to, to him, why have, you, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. Where, what are you doing? Where have you, where have you been at? I don't know about you, but when I hear this passage of scripture, I don't know, I, this, is, this is just me. If you have kids in here today, I want to get to the point in my life where like, where my kids are like, man, just, they're talking about Jesus. They're asking questions about, about Jesus. Like they're pointing people to Jesus. My kids are like, hey, uh, dad, um, I, I, invited, I invited all my teachers to, to sisterhood night. So that's awesome. Like I, I want that. My daughter said, one day I'm going to be a worship leader at this church. One day, Dad, my, my seven-year-old, one day I'm going to be a preacher. Is it okay if I preach the gospel? I said, absolutely. I want you to share the gospel wherever you go. I want that for my, my kids. This, this morning, my seven-year-old uh, was up here and, and she, walking by, and they just, they're growing up so fast. It's crazy. We launched this church, and they were, they were six months old, I think. And, and she came here. I said, are you going to preach on this stage one day? And she said, maybe. Like that's, we, we should want our kids to, to share the gospel. Whether they're going to be an engineer, whether it's through sports, wherever it is that they're doing, they sh we should want our kids to share the gospel, to share the good news. And it shouldn't surprise us, but it should happen more. It's our, our kids, we should get used to our kids saying, hey, I want, to be a, I want to be able to share the gospel. I want to be able to share the good news. Mom, Dad, how do, I, how do I do that? They're never going to do that unless we model it for them. Our kids are never going to invite their, their friends at school to church unless when we go to the restaurant and say they don't see us invite our friends 
our, our, our coworkers, the people, wherever we're going at to share the good news, they're not going to do that unless they see us do it. So they shouldn't have been surprised, but they were surprised, the Bible says. And, and uh, verse 49, but they said they get on to Jesus, which that would be very intimidating to get on to Jesus. Where have you been at? If I was Jesus, I'm not Jesus, but I'd be like, you don't talk to me like that. <laughs> verse 49, it would probably have been his first and his last time. He would have, went, he would have had to resurrect as a 12-year-old, you know. <laughs> like Jesus died. <laughs> Joseph killed him. Um, no cross needed. <laughs> um, again, that's old school theology. Verse 49, but why did you need to search? He asked him. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. <laughs> verse 51, then he returned to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. She was thinking about the three days. She was thinking about the fact that, man, this guy, he walked away saying, I was just, I was, didn't you know I was going to be obedient? Didn't you know I was going to be about my father's business? I don't know about you, but I want to be about my father's business. I want, when I walk off the stage, to be about my father's business. I want to get home today, and I want to be about my father's business. I want my kids to say, man, this guy is pointing us to, my, I want my kids to say, man, my dad's pointing us to Jesus. I want my neighbors to say, man, my, my neighbor, he is pointing us, he's pointing us to Jesus. Like, man, everywhere, when I go to the restaurants, man, he's pointing people to Jesus. We were at Burger Fire this week getting ready for uh, midweek, and Diana gave some invites. She said, hey, this is for you guys. I want, to, I, I want to be about my father's business. Donnie goes, hey, I got my oil changed last week. And she goes, I invited all the guys there to midweek. They all look to be about midweek age. Uh, and that's like, I want to be about my father. When he comes back, I want to be about my father's business. But before, you, you're not going to be ready. You're not going to be doing your, you're not going to be doing your father's business when he comes back unless you start doing it right now. Like, I want to be about the father's business. And the Bible says that he stored these things in our heart. And I want to, I want to preach this idea today. Uh, this, when, you, when, you store things in, when you store things in God, when you store God's things, the things that you hear and see, when you store them in your heart. Because that's where it gets relational. I can give you a lot of information about the Bible. I can take you back and show you all the, all the different prophecies and how they were fulfilled. I can go back and do all those things, but if you don't store it in your heart, it really doesn't matter. I tell our team, the Bible says that, there's, that you, can, you can know the Bible, but if you don't apply the Bible, then I don't really know if it's that, if it's that good. If we talk about church but never go to church, I don't really don't know if it's that good. If we don't apply these things, I don't really know. The Bible says you can't just be a hearer, but you also have to be a doer. The Bible says that Mary stored all these things in her heart. Verse 52 says this. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God in all the people. I want to give you two things that I think are going to be, they're going to be important for you and I today. They're going to help you in your in your, in your walk with Jesus. If this is going to go from informational to relational, like you got to, like you can have all the information in the world, but this has to get to a relational level. You can have, I know a lot of people, you guys, that have a lot of information in their head, but there's no heart transformation. And it's like walking around. It's this idea I've been telling you guys about for the last few months. It's lopsided Christians. We have a lot of information in our head, but none of it gets to our heart. And if it doesn't get to our heart, then it's not going to come out of our mouth. And so I want to give you a couple things that I think that we can see from Jesus who is Jesus, we can get from him and then we can apply these things to our, to our life today. In this passage of scripture, we see this, that Jesus modeled listening for you and for me, for us. Jesus modeled listening. Are you listening to the voice of God? I think sometimes in our life we get so preoccupied, some of you guys have these, <clears throat> and we're listening to all the wrong things. So I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Like we have so much trash going on 
in our head, you're like, oh, that's not me. Give me two pina coladas. I gotta have one for each hand. I don't know about you, but we get all these songs going in our head. Oh, that didn't hit for anybody? <laughs> someone goes, let, someone started going, let's all set sail to Captain Morgan. You want me to keep on singing it? Some of y'all, you felt that. You're like, oh, he's stepping on my toes. Stepping on my toes. But we have all this trash going on inside of our brain, inside of our head, and we can't even hear the voice of God because we have these headphones on. I don't know what your song is. I didn't sing, some of y'all didn't sing your song. That was funny, Diane. I don't care what you say. But we, get, we just get to the point where we're just, we're just blocking out the voice of God. And sure, you're not using it through headphones. I want to model, I want to model what our kids should listen to and what they should hear. And, because Jesus modeled listening for you and I. Are we listening to God's word? And we're never going to listen to it if we don't read it. You say that every week, Pastor Wes. I'm going to say it until we all read it every week. I'm going to say it until we read it every day. Jesus modeled listening for you and I. He's listening to his mom and he's listening to his dad and he tells his mom and dad when they got there, then they also started listening. Jesus modeled listening for his mom and his dad. When his mom and dad got there, the Bible says they were listening to him and their minds were blown. And everybody that was sitting there, they were so shocked by the things that this little boy was saying and he was talking about. Their minds were blown. Jesus modeled listening for you and I. Are you listening to the voice of God? Can I ask you a question today? Do you have an open line with the Holy Spirit? Can the Holy Spirit call you right now and are you going to listen? Because here's what I believe, so many people, the Holy Spirit's calling them, talking to them. Jesus quit talking to some of y'all. He's like, I'm, I don't even, they, don't, they don't hear me. Forget about, can you hear me now? That old commercial, again, that shows you guys how old I am. Can you hear me now? He walks around, can you hear me now? And the Holy Spirit goes, hey, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I believe this, I don't know if it's, if it's biblical or not, but I think Jesus gets tired of wasting his breath. I don't know. Maybe I can find some scripture for that. Maybe Dr. Chris can help me out between now and next service. Are you listening to the voice of God? Here's what I believe. If you listen to the voice of God, this is tricky. This may shut our church down. What I'm about to say right now, but I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> if you listen to the voice of God, then you wouldn't need my voice as much. I don't want to be the greatest voice in your life. I want the Holy Spirit to be the greatest voice in your life. When people come to me and say, hey, pa, I need, I, let me go ask my pastor. I always say this, why don't you ask God? People have asked I and I our whole entire ministry, hey, Pastor West, what do you think? I'm going, I, I think what this thinks. You, why, don't you go, why don't you go and do this? I told Jake Brown when he was 14 years old, I said, God has an answer for every question you have in life. God has an answer for it. Jake Brown walked to me and he goes, hey, are you sure? That when, I, when I was a youth pastor, are you sure? I said, bro, read this book, I promise you. And if there's not an answer for it, the answer is, listen to the voice of God. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you talking to Jesus? Are you listening to Jesus? Are you reading the Bible so that you can hear? The Bible says that faith comes from hearing. And that is hearing the Word of God. I don't want to mess anybody up today, but the Bible actually says that that is God. John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the very beginning was the Word. And the Word was God at the very beginning. So when is God's birthday? The beginning. When did God think about the Bible? At the very beginning. The Bible also says the very beginning in our, in our um, 
Nelson and Whitney and I, we have done our Bible reading for today in our YouVersion app. I, we've commented, I'm sure most of you guys have all read it because you're super spiritual, but we've been doing a 40-day Lent Bible plan on YouVersion. And the Bible, the verse of Scripture today, the Bible says that before God created everything, He loved you. He loved you. Before He created anything, the Bible says, you were on God's heart. He thought about you. He loved you. That's how much He loves you. Before He created anything, at the very beginning was God. And then we see in Genesis, He starts to build these things out. Before He started creating the, the sun, the moon, the stars, the, all the things, before He even created people, the Bible says that God loved you before He even created a single thing. He loved you that much. And then he starts creating these things. And as he's created them all throughout history, he showed you and I how much I love you. Hey, I love you. The Bible says that he is love. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is love. But do you really know that in your, in your being? Do you listen to Jesus? He modeled it for you and I today. Here's the second thing. Jesus modeled learning for us. Keeping it simple for you. You can walk out today and memorize two words, listening and learning. Jesus modeled learning for us. Are you learning? If you're not listening, then you ain't learning. Can I ask you a question here? You wanna have a little test today? Okay, we will. <laughs> like you're stepping on our toes and you ask us a question, expect us to answer. I don't really know what you want me to do, Pastor. <laughs> Is that a trick question? <clears throat> are, are you learning from all the things that you're going through? Here's how you can tell if you are or not. If you're repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, then you haven't learned yet. In this young adult environment, I love them. I, I, I'm very excited about that environment. Very, very, very excited about that environment. I'm excited about every environment. What I like about that group is that I can preach to everything that they're going through, just target them. But in this room, we got Nicole, who's 20 something. And we got all the way in the room in here, 60 years old seven years old, from young to old. We got high school kids in this room here. It's hard, I'm just, I, if, I, if everyone needs this word today, everyone needs to listen to Jesus, everyone needs to learn from Jesus. Everyone needs that. But when I walk in that room, I can just, I can just target directly. Are we, are we doing the same thing over and over again? You know the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. There's not gonna be different results unless we, unless we learn. Are you learning? Well, what would I learn, Pastor West? Are you learning from the Word of God? Are you listening to the Word of God? And are you learning from the Word of God? Any mistake you've ever made, this is the beauty of the gospel, the beauty, the beauty of this book. Any mistake that you've ever made, there's a man or woman who's already made that mistake. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So any mistake you make, any bad choice you've ever made, there's someone who's already made it before. Are you going through depression? There's a man in Scripture we could find who's going through depression. If you've gone through disease, there's a guy or man or woman here today who's gone through disease. If you're going through divorce, there's a man or woman here today that's been separated before and God's restored them relationally. There's something in here for everybody in here today, whatever it is that you're going through. There's something for everybody. But if we don't open up this book and listen from it and learn from it, then it really doesn't matter who Jesus is. Because we ain't listening and we ain't learning, so it really doesn't matter who He is. You've heard me say this a thousand times, if people don't read the Bible, they read the people who read the Bible. What's the read on you? People say, you, man, Jesus. Jesus, man, that person is Jesus. They have Jesus. How do you see Jesus in the person that's walking around with camera all the time? The last, the last three or four, last probably five months, I've heard of so many acts of generosity in our church. And when I've traced them back, they've all been back to Nicole. And I'm like, wow, she did that? Wow, she did that? She didn't come to me and say, Pastor West, guess what I did? 
I was generous. I was generous. But I've been talking to you like, hey, man, this happened to me. I'm like, dude, who did that for you? You know me, because I'm trying to see if they'll do it for me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, favor ain't fair. God's blessing somebody get close. You can just catch the seconds. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what I'm all for. I'm like, I'm keep on hanging out there. God's blessing her. I want to be around once the people are God's blessing. It's all, they get traced back there. That's how you can, you can, you, she's listening to God's word. We talk about generosity all the time, listening and learning from God's word. There's people, men and women in the Bible, who we see, gener, we see generosity all throughout this book from Genesis to Revelation. The greatest, act of gener, the greatest act of generosity is Jesus on the cross for our sins. Are you listening and are you learning? If you listen and you learn, you'll be able to answer the question, who is Jesus? So really the series, you have, you have to actually answer the question. That's how this is gonna go. You, it's called reverse classroom. You actually get to answer the question. I'm not answering it for you. I can just tell you what Jesus did, and now you get to figure out what you're gonna do. I want about you stand to your feet, heads bowed, eyes closed. No one's looking around today. Right where you're at in the quietness of this room. Would you take a moment? We did this at midweek, and I would like to do it again with you guys in here today. Would you answer the question right now where you're at, who is Jesus? We're like, man, I, I don't know. Ask him. He listened and he learned. If you ask him today, Jesus, who are you in my life? Do I really trust you, God? Do I really believe that you love me, God? Do I really believe that you're for me? Do I really believe that I can do all things through you? Do I really believe that? Ask him that question today. Do you really believe Jesus? Ask him. Do I believe in Jesus? God, who are you? God, who are you trying to show me that you are right now? Just ask him. And I believe if you ask him, he'll answer. Just ask him. God, who are you? Give him a moment to answer. I want to know who you are, God. Do I really, God, I, I don't listen to you, but I'd like to be, I'd like to listen to you more. God, I'm not learning. I'm, I'm, I'm making the same mistake over and over and over and over again, God, but I want to learn. I want to learn from your word. I want to listen to your word. I want to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just ask Him, who are you, God? Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.